Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, good afternoon. Welcome to the Eagle Hour. We're on the road this afternoon on the Super Talk Radio Network. We're at Coyote Point Meat Company on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. Looking forward to telling you about this great business a little later in the program. Very, very unique business, uh, one that's doing very well, and uh, one we're happy to be down here and uh participating with uh, today. Coyote Point Meat Company, Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. That's where the Super Talk Eagle Hour is broadcasting live this afternoon. Glad you're with us around the state, wherever you're tuned in. Opening segment of our show every day, of course, is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. And again, we encourage you to call them now if you want tailgate, uh, homecoming, uh, homecoming tailgate catering set up. They are the place to go at Dickie's Barbecue, and uh, we look forward to uh, to seeing that you've enjoyed that, and uh, we know that you'll be happy you did. All right, we're going to start the show today. Patrick McGee down in the beautiful city of New Orleans at NOLA.com. He joins us uh, each and every Wednesday. And uh, Patrick, uh, first let's talk a little bit of Southern Miss. You made an interesting comment. I think you were exactly right off air. You sort of knew this was eventually going to happen when you play a really good defensive team and you've got a true freshman quarterback. Uh, at times, uh, it was very obvious that was the scenario Saturday night. Yeah, I, I didn't watch the full game, but I, I caught a good bit of it. And, you know, there were good moments, but overall, it was it was just a tough go uh, for Zach Wilkie, and it was going to be. I, it was a game that I knew was going to be a tough one for Southern Miss to win. It's not, not one that Southern Miss fans should be in panic mode whatsoever. Uh, you know, you got a freshman quarterback that was eventually going to have one of these games. You just hope he kind of limits performances like this going forward and really learns from it. Uh, but they played really good defenses uh, through the first few weeks of the first few weeks of the season, and you know they're just not going to play a lot of Troy defenses the rest of the way. Uh, so it, it was you know a learn hope you hope for Zach Wilkie's fate uh, that it was a, a learning experience that he can build from it. Yeah, we were talking uh, earlier this week w- with a freshman quarterback who now you see can be prone to making uh, turnovers. You're going to have to win a lot of games defensively, and you really have to, I think, do two things. You have to cut out the turnovers, and you have to find some way to run the ball a little more effectively. Right. That's been problematic. Is Really, Frank Gore Jr. has been the entire ground game. And aside from the Liberty game where he was running on super back formation, he hasn't really had a whole lot of space to work. Uh, so they really do have to figure that out. And that's really – this. This team, uh, and I think a lot of people kind of realize that, people have watched this team the last 
year or two, it's it's you know the offensive line has still got some room to grow, and they've got a freshman quarterback still kind of learning as he goes. Uh, it, once that those two groups kind of come on board, you can see this offense really kind of building up. Uh, they don't have to, you know, right now teams think they can really come in and stop Southern Miss from running the ball uh, and force Wilkie into beating them, and that's really a tough spot for any true uh, freshman quarterback. So, yeah, they've, they've got to find a way for Frank Gore to run the ball and find somebody else that can contribute behind them. The Saints come up with a victory last Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks and now will welcome the AFC champion Bengals to the Dome this this uh, weekend. What were the takes from the Seahawks game? What did you like about what the Saints did, Patrick? What are some things that concern you heading into the Cincinnati game this Sunday? Well, they I think they found a good mix uh, on an offensive quarterback with Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill. And Taysom Hill had really had his probably his best game of his career. I mean, three rushing touchdowns, one passing touchdown, and he had a recovered fumble on special teams. And he was he was filling in on kick returns and stuff. I mean, he did everything. Uh, I mean, Taysom Hill's not going to be able to do that every week, uh, but I would expect he would have a pretty big uh, presence going forward, and I think that mix of Dalton and Taysom Hill makes sense. Uh, it's still kind of wait and see. We haven't heard much on where Jameis Winston uh, stands going into this game, but I'm not sure this is a great matchup for, for the Saints. Uh, they came out of the uh, uh, Seahawks game kind of banged up. You have Marshawn Lattimore, who's a big question mark. You have abdomen injury. You have Chris Olave, the really uh, big uh, uh, rookie receiver who was playing well, had a touchdown catch, but got injured on that uh, catch with a concussion. So there's the questions at, at important positions, but I think the, the good news for the Saints is I think all indications are is that Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry uh, will be back in the receiving core. So they'll they'll be fine there. But uh, it would really really be tough for the Saints to go into this game against the Bengals without a Marshawn Lattimore, even though they're fairly deep in the secondary. The best news for the Saints is that they're playing the Bengals. <laughs> well, it depends It depends on which Bengals team shows up. You know, the uh, I think people in Cincinnati are kind of critical that, that – the Bengals just aren't putting up a whole lot of points, considering all the offensive right, weapons right. they have. The scheme, if there is one, uh, doesn't really fit Joe Joe Burrow as well as 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 they would like it to. Um, but Cincinnati's defense has has been playing really well and has been has really kind of been much maligned, but but has kept the Bengals you know in some games. As far as the Saints go, Patrick, good news is it doesn't appear any team. Uh, is going to run away with the NFC South. So if your goal is to make the playoffs, heck, you might get in there with just slightly above a 500 record at this point. Yeah, I mean, the, the, if the Saints can beat the Bengals, uh, that that makes them three and three. <laughs> and uh, as bad as things look there for a, a week or two, that would be a positive development. And I expect the Saints to play well on Sunday. I, I think uh you'll you'll see the Saints come in motivated against the Bengals team that has a you know, fair amount of following in South Louisiana thanks to uh Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, guys like that. Uh I expect the Saints defense to really come in motivated and that group to really want to stop stop a Bengals that a Bengals team that has a little bit of a target on their back this time around. So I, I think the Saints will play well. I think it'll be a tight game though. Uh I, I think it's kind of fifty fifty going in myself. Yeah, it's a good matchup, Kelly. Yeah, well, it, it should be it's from a fan standpoint. And, yeah. and both teams that are really struggling to, to start some type of winning streak. You right. know, the Bengals have been uh, loaded with uh, road games so far this year. Obviously, it's, their schedule is going to be home 
back-ended. But uh, this, anytime you beat the Saints, it's considered no, you know, no. that you're doing a good job. All right, Patrick, i got to ask you this while we have you on the show. Uh, this controversy that's swirling around the NFL about some of these ridiculous uh, roughing the quarterback calls. We saw one, obviously, with Tom Brady that got a lot of press. Another atrocious call uh, in the Monday night game uh, against uh, Kansas City. Do you think we're going to see any change in the way they approach that? Yeah, I, I would hope so. Uh, I, you know, I understand they want to protect the quarterback. Some of the recent calls have been particularly bad. Uh, so I, I, I think they'll probably, at some point, the referees will just have to take a step back, uh, have a larger meeting, and try to be, be more clear <laughs> On how they're going to call this for, uh, going forward, and not just be just be so trigger happy on it. Uh, the Tom Brady one was particularly bad. The other one, I guess, the argument was is that he felt he can't really fall on top of the quarterback like that. Uh, so I mean, there is a somewhat of an explanation for that one, but the one on Brady, well, there was no explanation for that. That was just you know a defender tackling a ball carrier. I mean, it was it was just bad. So I I, I think yeah, I, I would hope that they kind of reassess and figure out a different way to handle this. Yeah, it has big impacts on games. And it had a, it had an impact on the game Sunday. It had an impact right. on the game, even though Kansas City came back and won the game. At the time, you know, it, it was a it was a pretty impactful call. And, and I know that I whine a lot about Tom Brady. You've heard... You've, you've, a couple times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I contend, Patrick, and you can set me straight, but look, when, when they went after, when the Steelers went after Josh Allen's knee, on Sunday, at the sideline, no flag came out, and they threw the flag for Tom Brady. I contend, and I'm not trying to start anything here, but I'm, I just contend that there are guys like Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger was another one, that that get calls that the younger quarterbacks don't get. Is that a reasonable? Right. Yeah, the guy, the guy in Green Bay, Rogers. Yeah, yeah, Rogers yeah. I think yeah. It, I think it's really a matter of. The style of quarterback they're dealing with is a drop back passer, is an athletic guy like Josh Allen, who's a big, strong guy who can run with it. It's almost like they treat you know the, diff- the different types of quarterback differently. And I think the way they've handled running backs over the years have been especially especially bad. I mean, there's probably fairly obvious targeting you'll see on a running back through the course of the season, but they're not going to call it because it's a running back and not a quarterback. Uh, so I, you know, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it, there's a lot to that, but I think. To me, it's more about the style of quarterback, and and I think being a younger quarterback boss possibly does play into that. Yeah. What did you think about Troy Aikman's comment that they just need to take the dresses off the quarterbacks? <laughs> well, I mean, Aikman's always been somebody who's kind of uh, did, did, has not enjoyed roughing the passer calls, even though concussions ended his career. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's got. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I I like Troy Aikman a lot, but I, I don't think he's one hundred percent correct on on some of the stuff he said on these penalties. But in this situation, yeah, there's something has to be changed. Yeah. I w- I would contend that he's the best color analyst in the game. I just enjoy listening to him. I think I right, think Romo's pretty yeah. good. I, I think Romo. Yeah, I, I think Aikman. Yeah. they both have to game. They they both happen to be cowboy former cowboy yeah, quarterback. Pains me to say it, but it's true. Yeah. All right, Patrick. I hope we're talking about a Saints win. Well, let me just back up. I hope we're talking about a good game uh, next <laughs> yeah. week when we talk Careful. to you, buddy. Careful. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Patrick McGee, everybody from NOLA.com. We're going to get Luke Johnson on the phone, and we're going to get somebody from uh, Coyote Point Meat here on the phone coming up this next segment as well. Stay with us. 
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, welcome back. We're broadcasting live this afternoon. We're at Coyote Point Meat Company here on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. Uh, we've got Luke Johnson on the telephone with us, and we've also got Brad from Coyote Point. And uh, before we go to Luke, Brad, uh, we understand some people are calling wanting to know your address. How do they find you? Uh, well, we're at 6565 Highway 98 West, uh, Suite 100. We're next to Sky Sushi and Carl's Wine and Spirits. It's just on your right past Half Show Oyster House. All right. So it is a great business. It's, it's such a great story, too. Real quickly, kind of give us the synopsis of the, of the business here. Well, we just wanted to offer something local, um, you know, that was quality meat uh, that your family knew where they were getting their, their beef from. And um, so we just started with a small 200-acre farm and a few cows, and it's it's grown to over triple that size now. So. All right, uh, I'm told here to turn your microphone up here a little bit, uh, so I'm going to do that for you. All right, Luke Johnson's on the phone with us, and uh, Luke is in Laurel. Luke, now, I know you're probably a steak man, so uh, I'm looking out here. I see tenderloins. I see pecani steaks. I see uh, flank steak, ribeye steak, porterhouse steak, New York strip if, if Luke Johnson is, is charcoaling this weekend, what steak is he picking out and why? I'm, I'm really pretty low maintenance on Luke, meat. Luke, that's to you. Yeah, and I'm pretty low maintenance you on, uh, Are you with me, Luke? on meat. Yeah, I'm here, guys. Sounds like we may have lost Luke. Well, Brad, what what should Luke pick if what he was grilling this, this weekend? Well, there you, go. Um, you know, one of my favorites is going to be the the pecana steak. I know Bob 100% really enjoys those a lot. Um, New York strips are really good for grilling as well, and um, everyone's favorite ribeyes are. I think. Are, 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 are you back with us, Luke? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, so so if you heard me list those steaks, if you're you're having a big uh, a big cookout at your house this weekend, and hopefully you're inviting us, uh, what are you going to cook? What what would be your preference? I'm pretty easy, so a 12 to 16 ounce ribeye does the trick for me every time. And I'm a—I used to be a medium well guy until I got introduced to medium world. So a medium ribeye for me is the way to go. Medium is a little a little rarer than uh, than medium. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so so you like it a little bloody, huh, Luke? Well, I mean, I got a brother-in-law who's a doctor, and he just he likes the thing to still be mooing. I mean, five seconds on each side. So. <laughs> Medium for me, me too. Is, is done compared to what some people do. All right. If if I told you that the that we down here are looking at lamb's head, what would you think? Well, you, you said something about that during the commercial. I thought that was like, uh, you know, like code language at a meat shop or something, you know, like a, a, a special or something. But you indicated that it might actually be more literal. It, it literally has the eyeballs in it. Is is that not right, Brian? Yes, yes, it does. And so, people, well, how do you how do you cook a, a lamb's head? Well, they, you know, a lot of people do it um, low and slow, kind of like a crock pot or a Dutch oven. Um, you know, I've seen other ways where people remove the cheek meat, and you know, like with beef as well. And then they also um, they cook the tongue as well, just like mm. you know, lingua mm. for beef. Mm. Yeah, there's actually a book out written by Jeffrey Dahmer, How to Cook uh, <laughs> Lamb's Head. Yeah. So, uh, Luke, uh, Santa has a new house, as you know, and I'm, unless you've been invited over, I haven't. Maybe maybe you have. But uh, 
I, I would think he could invite us, the super intern, Brad and his wife from Coyote Point, come down and get us some steaks here and cook them at the new space. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm not sold on the lamb's head yet, but but yeah, ribeyes will will do the trick. And I didn't. I mean, to be honest, you know, guys, I'm headed out of the country soon. I haven't even seen that in Southeast Asia, and so if, if I, I'm I'm still kind of interested in in what this this lamb's head is. I mean, is that is that a recent innovation, or is that something that we've missed kind of on the historical calendar down the age? From my understanding, it's more of a Middle Eastern dish from everything that I've seen. But you've got more than just beef here, Brad. Yeah, tell, us, tell us about yeah, all the different things. So we do. We carry some lamb as well. Um, and then we have uh, another farmer we've been working with to kind of help him kickstart his thing. Um, he's in Seminary, Mississippi, as Morning Dew Pastures. Um, he's he's doing some pork. But the main thing that he does is, is free-range chicken in Seminary. Yeah. All right, Luke Johnson, uh, this looks like your kind of place here on Highway 98. I mean, it is it has just got every kind of cut of beef. Uh, that you can think of, and and you being married to a nurse practitioner, you would understand too that it's grass-fed beef, so that's that's healthier for you. It is, and and you know for for people that that don't grill and and don't know those things, I mean that's that's the kind of stuff you want. I, I think a lot of people just kind of take it for granted, you know, that all beef's the same and all meats the same, and. Lauren and I were at a, a restaurant that shall not be named within the last year, and I ordered a steak, and uh, what came out was not a steak. I, I didn't know what it was. It was called beef, but it, it was not at all. And so it's, it, it makes all the difference in the world where it comes from. All right. Are you a beef jerky guy, Luke? Absolutely. The spicier, the better. Well, they have one here that it says, turn that around where I can read that, guys. What is this? It says, Eat at your own risk. What what is that, Brad? It's a it's a Carolina Reaper beef jerky. Oh yeah. Hmm. So yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, uh, you you say oh yeah, Luke, but we here tell that the, the one guy had a had a slice of it and and Bob needed an ambulance. It was, so, it was so hot. Yeah, yeah. He actually called an ambulance and they said it's it's just spice. There's nothing we can do for you. Yeah. So so back in your football playing days at Southern Miss, I'm guessing you guys ate a lot of beef, and I'm going to guess beef jerky, probably uh, pretty well uh, seen up there in the athletic dorm. Yeah, it was always all you're always looking for protein. There was specifically at a bowl game, we had an all you could eat buffet that had lots of meat on it, and of course, me being the second largest punter in the nation, I filled my uh, my plate full of and. <laughs> different different guys were uh, giving it to me. I sat down in between Tyrone and Derek Nix. Tyrone looked at me. He said, "I don't care how much you eat, Luke Johnson. Just do your job on game day." So I can all you can always appreciate it when your defensive coordinator wants you to eat more meat than less. Now, Brad, I was asking you about you know as the business you know continues to grow, like things like bison, which you hear bison burgers sometimes depending on what part of the country you're in. I asked if alligator would be actually considered. Seafood. That's what he asked, Luke. Yeah, well, is alligator seafood, <laughs> or is it regular? Well, I mean, nobody knows the answer. Yeah, right. I don't. Because nobody's know, asked any potential before, Sanders. Correct. No one would ever ask that question. Have you ever seen an alligator in the ocean, Kelly? No. Okay, that kind of answers the question, doesn't it? But seafood. 
If I see food, I eat I, it. Well, I know, I know that's the way you view it, but we're talking about seafood. But any potential that bison or any ostrich or anything like that would be included, you know, later on? Yeah, we've we've had some requests for uh, bison here recently, and it's it's something that we'd have to look to. I mean, you know, we raise all of our own beef, so it's not something that we would be raising, but something that we look, at, you know, for a, a vendor for that would meet, you know, the same standards that we do. And I know, depending on uh, what time of year, too, oxtails can kind of be tough to come by, but you guys have got plenty of. Uh, of oxtail. So that's a bison there. We do. Yes. We do. Yeah, we have plenty of oxtail and it's it's a great dish. Yeah, if it's if it's cooked right. It has to be cooked just right, but man, oxtails uh, are really good. Are you hearing this, Luke? Have you eaten oxtail? I have not eaten oxtail. I have uh I've heard of it. And I mean I, this all this stuff intrigues me because you know, there's a saying we have on the mission field, wherever he leads I will follow, whatever he feeds I will swallow. So these are I'm learning these new type of, of meats, and I would ask Brad, what's like the, other than the lamb's head and, and the oxtail, what's the most, you know, somebody out there listening had, you know, in Mississippi would say, there's no way that people in Mississippi eat that, the most exotic meat that, that you've come across? Um, well, I mean, as far as cuts, you know, uh, the beef tongue has always been one that people were like, do people really eat that? And then beef cheek as well, which both of those are really, really good. Um, we actually... It's hard to keep beef tongue in stock, um, and the cheeks are, are another thing that's that's really good as well. Is that where the expression "tongue and cheek" comes from? I don't know, but but a... but actually, growing up on the farm in Iowa, and I'm not joking, we would have cow's tongue all the time. If you can get over, <laughs> if you no, seriously, if you can get over the way it looks, right? If you just if you cut, the, if you don't know that it's cow's tongue, it's really really mm. good. It really is. That explains very, a lot. Can't wait to get home tonight. That, Mama's cooking cow tongue. That's right. <laughs> What'd you say, Luke? So that explains a lot. We we've discovered a lot of standard DNA there. <laughs> it does explain a lot. Uh, here's another one, guys. Dino ribs. Yes. What so is that? That's the entire uh, plate rib. Um, if you've ever seen like any of the uh, smoking competitions or like Texas smokehouses, they have the huge rib with like the big slab of meat on the top that they squeeze and all the juice comes out of it. That's the the rib cut that they use for that. And they're wow. very, very good. See, I wow. thought the dino rib was what Fred Flintstone put on his when he's at the drive-in movie it, theater. It looks like it when it's done. <laughs> it <laughs> does look like it. All right, Luke, uh, before we run out of time, and Luke will be back with us uh, in the studio tomorrow, uh, we talked to Patrick early, uh, the Saints play the Bengals. Do you have any thoughts about that? It would seem like a pretty pretty easy matchup for the Saints. I mean, yeah, if Andy Dalton just comes out with his old team and shows Kelly Sander what he could have given the Bengals for 14 years, I'm cool with that as well. So go Saints. All right. Luke Johnson, everybody. Thank you, buddy. Luke will be back uh, with us a little later and in the studio as well. We'll talk to Luke in the fourth segment. All right. We're going to continue our broadcast. Coyote Point Meat Company right here on Highway 98. Hattiesburg right after this. Southern Miss to the top. Live from the Coyote Point. 
Meet Company here on Highway 98, Kelly Sander along with Bob Getty. Michael Mergen's back in the studio pushing uh, all the right buttons to make sure that we get on the air. This segment of the Eagle Hour also brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. They're going to actually be playing trivia tonight at 4th Street. I think they start at 6 o'clock and uh, might be at 7, but uh, they've got trivia tonight. They're going to be giving away all kinds of swag, including uh, game tickets to the Arkansas State game this weekend. That's at uh, 4th Street Bar and Grill. Everybody you know there is a Southern Miss fan, so you're always right at home and home of the 995 uh, Blue Plate lunch every single day. And don't forget that includes your drink as well. Fourth Street Bar and Grill in the Shadow of the Rock. Joining us now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline is Landon Payne, a pitcher for Pearl River College. The Wildcats won the Natty last year, as they say, the national championship. He has committed, as he announced yesterday on social media, that he is headed to Southern Miss to become a baseball Golden Eagle. Landon Payne out of St. Martin High School. Uh, down on the coast where he was coached by uh, Carrie Bridges, uh, an Oak Grove standout back in the day. Landon, good to have you with us. Congratulations. Tell us about uh, the decision-making process and what made you decide that you're headed to Hattiesburg. Uh, you know, it really wasn't It really wasn't a tough decision. I've always, I've always liked Southern Miss growing up, and it's really close to home, and it's a top-tier program, and it, it's just – it's an amazing opportunity that I got, and I took it the second that I got it. Well, you're going to be able to follow your other teammate, uh, Tate Parker, who will probably be doing some patrolling out there in the center field. He set the all-time home run uh, record at Pearl River last year, and there's you know, probably be some other Pearl River Wildcats that will follow you to, to Southern Miss. Man, with what the Wildcats did last year, I know that kids dream of it, but you guys actually pulled it off when – when after that first game, there were some that thought you guys weren't going to be able to do it. Let's just talk about last season at Pearl River. Only one team can say they won the National Junior College Championship. But you guys did it. How in the world did you? You know, all fall, it was engraved into our minds that we have to make it to the Natty, got to make it to the Natty. And we all bought in as a team. And all of our hard work paid off. And it was just amazing. It was, it was tough to get there. But it was well worth it. You know, and when you look at the coaching job that that Michael Avalon, who won the Junior College uh, Baseball Coach of the Year and pitching coach Brandon Pennington, I would think that in Penny's Coach Penny's situation, one of the toughest things to do would be to make sure that all of the arms on that Pearl River staff, you know, got enough work to where they were improving and contributing. How in the world do you think he was able to do that? Um. I don't know, Coach Payne. He, he know he knows this stuff, and he's he's always going to go with his best instinct and know who to throw out there, and he's going to make sure that we are more than prepared for that game, and he's just going to get our work out of us, and and we play for them. They're good coaches, and we play for them, and I believe that's why we were so good last year. So, Landon Payne, where have you most improved from the time that you went to Pearl River out of uh, St. Martin to where you are now? Um, Skill set-wise, you know, were there, were there pitches that you weren't as good at in high school and, and developed, and what was it that eventually made you attractive to Southern Miss, do you think? You know, in high school, I pretty much threw a fastball. I had a decent velo going in high school but then once I got to Pearl River I mean in the fall my Pearl River had a little bit of arm trouble 
didn't get to throw the whole fall and I came into the spring and just started I started to throw again and I've been working with my coaches and they taught me the off speed like slider was my best pitch and it got really good and I threw it a lot and it was just really electric and I had a fastball too and a, um, my changeup got pretty good and I would throw it to lefties and it it played a big role. All right, final question before we let you go, Landon. There are some the outsiders looking in that say that this upcoming Pearl River team may may actually be better than last year's team. Why why might somebody say something like that? How do you feel? You know, I mean, it, it's tough to beat last year's team, but talent wise, this year, if we were if we could win the national championship off of talent, you could go ahead and give us our ring this year. But that's not what baseball is. We just have to come together as a team. And I believe this team has to do has has something really special to do this year once we come as a group of brothers and figure it out. Well, Landon, we wish you nothing but continued success, especially when you don the black and gold at Southern Miss. And we congratulate you on your commitment. And uh, we'll be seeing you one way or the other, either down in Pop Vegas or in Hattiesburg. Thanks, buddy. All right. I appreciate y'all. All right, Landon Payne out of uh, St. Martin High School, uh, pitcher for Pearl River Community College, has committed to Southern Miss. Bob, he's ready to go. Great news. That's become a real pipeline for Golden Eagle baseball, which everybody here loves a great deal, and already looking forward to him being back on the field. All right, we're at the Coyote Point meet, and I asked Brad to come back. Uh, Brad, tailgating this weekend, homecoming, suggestions, what people might come here, pick up, take to the homecoming cookout. Well, um, we have a wide variety of steaks, um, as well as uh, you know our ground beef. Um, if you enjoy a keg and barrel burger, then that's the beef that they use. So, you yeah, know. you actually service a lot of Hattiesburg area restaurants. Yes, we do. We do. Yeah, we uh, we service keg and barrel, um, El Reyes, and Crescent City uses it, and uh, Holy Smoke, who is now going to be in the concession stands at the football and baseball games, serving our brisket. Um, we work with them as well. So. Good, good for you. So yeah. Southern Miss people can buy your products at the football, at the football game. and baseball games. Yep. Uh, what is Firefly Jerky? So Firefly Jerky is a, a longtime customer of ours, and he always had a passion to try and start his own beef jerky business, um, which he has now successfully done. And um, he comes up with all these really unique flavors, and you know they sound a little weird sometimes, but like the peach teriyaki, but they work. And actually, the one that I'm having right now, Bob. Oh, God, he's just horrible. Um, uh, bearded but- Butcher Seasoning. Now, my wife buys that here. Right. Fantastic on any kind of meat. Right, yeah. Um, they're uh, a pair of brothers um, out of Ohio, and they have a huge YouTube following. And that's when we first started doing this, that's kind of what I watched because they do the processing in and everything on YouTube. And uh, they started a spice line, and I just had to try it, and it is phenomenal. Yeah. Right. But this is black coffee, and what's the other flavor? Black coffee, bourbon, and pecan. Bourbon. And pecan. Mm. Okay. But bourbon. And yeah. he's called, <laughs> he calls it Bourbon Street, and it's really good. It, it is. Uh, I think something else is very important. This is, a, this is a locally owned business. This is not a chain from, you know, San Diego or wherever. Uh, the, the beef is raised locally. You guys are local. Everything about this is a Pine Belt business. Oh, well, everything about it is, that's the unique thing about us is it's from our farm to your table. We literally control everything. We raise the beef. 
we process the beef, and then we sell the beef to the customer. I got you. And it's awfully good, man. I'm going to tell you what. There's, there is a difference in the taste of grass-fed beef and grain-fed beef, I believe. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's it's really good. It's, it's very healthy for you. And, um, you know... We don't. We didn't want to use hormones or antibiotics or any kind of preservatives. I mean, we just wanted the good old-fashioned, you know, beef from the farm to your table, just like it used to be. I had a doctor tell me that if you're going to eat beef, you're far better off if you eat uh, grass-fed beef than gra- He said there's really no comparison. Right. Health-wise. Yes. Yeah. No. We have actually have a, a cardiologist who sends a lot of her patients here to make the beef uh, bone marrow broth. Uh, which we do sell the bone marrows here as well, and it has a plethora of, of health benefits to it. But, but the, the, is a pacaha roast? Pa, how do you Paca, the pacana? Pacana, right? Now, as as much, and I grew up in in Iowa, where it's you know, delicious. They have a little bit of you know, they have a lot of beef in Iowa, right? But I'd never heard of pacana. No, it's delicious roast. Yeah, well, is it a, the part that it comes out of, or is it the way it's cooked? Right. So it's a it's a Brazilian style cut, and what it is is the top cap of the sirloin. If you've ever been to one of those steak restaurants or seen it on on TV or a show where they have like the sword that they use for a skewer, mm-hmm. and they kind of horseshoe the steak, it looks like kind of like a New York strip. And they, you know, put several of them on it and cook it, you know, on a sword. That's that's the cut of beef that they're using is the pecana. Like I said, it's a Brazilian style cut. You ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse? Man, that now that is. And that's what they use is yeah, that pecana. That's it's, a really that's a really good treat there. Right. Let me tell you. Yeah. Well, look, we sure appreciate you having us down here. And I see you also country pleasing sausage, which I'm not saying it because you're here. Right. It is the best sausage. It's the best. Uh, you know, we we had a couple of different vendors we looked at, but. Um, we didn't even need to do samples because this is what I've always eaten, um, and the other people that have been involved with this, it, it's really it is the best, and the the Coopers do a really good job. All right, so what are your hours? Uh, so we're open Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 6 p.m., and then we're open on Saturday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Well, we want you to know how much we appreciate uh, your relationship with Super Talk, and uh, you know we've been wanting to come down here because we we really believe in, in your business here, and. Uh, uh, we're happy to, to let our uh, Eagle Hour listeners around South Mississippi know about you more. Well, we we sure appreciate it. It's uh, it's our pleasure. Do you want, you need to try some of this, uh, no, Kelly. You have been all in it. You've been slobbering in the bag. <laughs> I, this is your trick. I know that. Well, this is a man one time, Brad, that we had some donuts in the studio, and there were three left. And he reached down and licked all three, and then said, "Anybody want a donut?" Well, at least I was offering. And, yeah. uh, he and he it ate, down. Needless to say, he. Uh, he ate all three. Well, he's taking one for the team. He's making sure the glaze wasn't crusty yet. It was still so fresh glaze. <laughs> when we go to places that serve food, he always takes one for the team. Should have seen what I did with the hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. The, the only time that uh, Kelly's not around is when the, when the bill comes. That's right, right. And then he gets a phone call. It's just amazing. I'm, i I got to take this. I'm a busy man. Yeah, yeah. Understood. Yeah, a business phone call. Do I hear the music? I, I'm having yes. a hard time. Mm-hmm. All right. We're at Coyote Point Meat Company, and we'll be right back on the Eagle Hour. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, everybody. Welcome back. We're uh, at Coyote Point Meat Company, Highway 98. Of course, want to thank our regular sponsors, 4th Street Bar and Grill, D1, D-Bat, Campus Bookmark, uh, Mo Bay Beignet, and of course Dickie's Barbecue for uh, sponsoring us every day. And we'll be back uh, 
in the uh, studio tomorrow. We're having here some Bourbon Street Coyote Point beef jerky, and it is very good. Yeah, it's it's got a little a hint of uh, black coffee, but also bourbon and pecan. That's very very good. Yeah. All right, Luke Johnson, uh, Wednesday afternoon, uh, two days away, Thursday, Friday, three days away, football game. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say that it's a critical game because we're five games into the, into the season, but certainly three and three after homecoming would be much preferable to two and four. And this is a game, is it fair to say, that Southern Miss fans are expecting the team to win? Yeah, it's, a, it's the first game that Southern Miss is a, a favorite in, you know, in, in your uh, FBS opponents. And I was just looking back to, to this matchup. You know, this was the last game of my college career was against Archie State. We played them in 08. had not played them since. So uh, it's a team that, you know, you played a, a while back. But, uh, guys, looking at the depth chart today, I don't know if you saw this, but the right tackle's been changed again. Looks like Paul Gander, after competition Tuesday, has uh, has retaken his spot at right tackle. Kyron Barnes listed at at the uh, in the two slot. That's the only change I really see. Chandler Pittman is uh, number one at super back, and uh, that's a guy, man, that I feel like that we can. He hasn't been involved as much. I know he's coming coming back from injury, but I guess a question back to you guys it, with with the offense, you know, stagnating like it did. Not sure we could have done much better with the super back, but. Is this something that, that we try to incorporate maybe a little more going forward, Superback? I kind of wondered that, actually, in the Troy game in the second half, if maybe they would implement that a little bit. I wasn't a big Superback guy, but I think implementing that some to maybe take pressure off your freshman quarterback, Kelly, might not be a bad idea. But there's two ways to look at that. If, if you are the quarterback, if you're with Zach Wilkie, you're going, well, they're putting in the Superback because you've lost confidence. Right. And, you know, right. and a freshman ego is really tough sometimes. It's, it's tough enough for a, a true freshman to go in there and start. But, but that's just, you know, play calling and all the things that Will Hall has to deal with, that's just one very small part of the job. Another one is handling egos, handling personnel and you can say well they need to get up they need to grow up and get over it well it's easier said than done you know so if you were to implement I, I just think the timing of this game is really good because again Arkansas State's defense is not great I mean they've, they've given up on an average I think 29 points a game right even up to this point and you got a Southern Miss offense that's been struggling so you'd think just there that the matchup is pretty good um, so you know, it's homecoming this weekend as well. All the other festivities taking place, but I do think that this is a that this is a crucial game because when you look at that schedule down the road, when you've got you still have Coastal that you've got to play, you still got to play South Al, you got to play Lafayette, who is still the defending champions in the West, although they've struggled a little bit, and you have two of those three at home. But those are still going to be really, really tough games. And six is the bowl qualifier, so right. you've got to get there somehow, some way. A little bit of trivia that I, I thought of the other day, Luke. I believe the last game that Jeff Bauer ever coached at Southern Miss was against Arkansas State. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I heard you mention that. Um, and and I, didn't, I didn't realize that at all. I just remember this was we played them in Lafayette for the New Orleans Bowl the Katrina year. So they, they, moved the, uh, they moved the game. But, you know, Butch Jones, man, he's, he's been a lot of places. He's won a lot of games. And, Arkansas State, somewhat kind of like us a little bit, they went out and had the best recruiting class in the Sun Belt. But, you know, a lot of those kids aren't playing this year uh, because they're freshmen. 
I, I'm not I'm not concerned about defense at all, but but Blackman's ability to be very athletic will pose us a problem. And uh, they are to, to Kelly's point, they are giving up. I think it's right at 265 a game in the air. So it's kind of the, the matchup you want in order to maybe revitalize your offense and and be able to implement some some mid range passing game to be able to maybe get Brownlee in single coverage. And, and just this isn't all necessarily all that important, but didn't Arkansas State also used to be the Indians at one time? They were. Yeah, Arkansas, because Louisiana Monroe used to be northeastern Louisiana, and they were also the Indians. I think that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, and, I think that's correct. And they've all had to change All right, and, and defensively, you got to – yeah, go ahead, Luke. Hey, yeah, finish your thought on, on defense. On defense, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, defensively, you have to feel like the Golden Eagles very capable of handling Arkansas State's offense. Yeah, just what you, you got to contain Blackman. I mean, that's an experienced dude, just like you had an experienced dude last week. So that's what it's going to come down to. Who you guys got in the Fun Belt matchup tonight? Yeah, that, uh, I got Mar- I got Marshall winning winning at home, and this is this is the first week the Sun Belt's really going to start to be featured on these nationwide games. You got some Wednesday night game, you got a Wednesday night game tonight, some Thursday night games next week, and the following Thursday, Southern Miss will be on national TV Thursday. So the Sun Belt's really going to be front and center the next couple of weeks. But I've got the herd at home tonight against the Cajuns. Yeah, Louisiana is just uh, not what we thought they would be, are they? That I guess that's the difference coaching can make. But did, didn't he take a lot of players with him? From but still they left transfer portal. Yeah, that just doesn't seem right. But uh, but anyway, all right, Luke, we appreciate you jumping in from Laurel this afternoon, buddy, and uh, we'll uh, catch up with you uh, back in the studio tomorrow afternoon. Bye, guys. See you then. All right, that wraps it up from Coyote Point Meat Company, Highway 98. Until next time, everybody, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.